When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hendrix, are you excited for your birthday? Yeah. Are you excited? Yeah. Are you one years old? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yay. Happy birthday. Welcome back to a very exciting episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. We are actually podcasting right now down in our basement in our New Jersey home, and I couldn't be more excited. But before we get to why we're here in New Jersey and a little bit about the house and a little bit about Hendrix's birthday, we have a very sentimental, and I shouldn't say sentimental, but this is probably the most real talk that Jamie and I have. And we have our guest on, Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And Dr. Lyons is a master life coach and relationship expert and talks all about the notions of motherhood and womanhood. And we're going to hear her talk about rewriting the Mother Code Initiative. But the talk that Jamie and I had with her, I mean, it was a therapy session. But if you ever wanted to hear an insight into Jamie and I and some of the challenges that we have as husband and wife and mother and father, and, you know, I think it's just our everyday struggle. We try to be as real and honest as possible. And this was probably the most real and honest conversation. And I felt like we had a session, a therapy session with uh, Dr. Gertrude Lyons, and she didn't seem to mind, but it was nice to have someone on the phone that was a professional and we can talk through everything. And so make sure to stay tuned to that. But first, we love hearing from you guys. And we always like to give a shout out to one of our five-star reviewers. And again, Thank you so much for everyone that reached out, everyone that left a review. It really is really touching for Jamie and I. And this week comes from Pops and Kale, who writes, thank you for a great podcast. Thank you for your real life chat. It's very refreshing to hear honest renditions of life with two tots and a sweet mom and dad. Keep up the great work. Thank you. It is certainly interesting trying to navigate two kids that are one years old and almost four year old and trying to find time to do a podcast without a podcast room or a studio to go to. But I think that it adds a little bit of flavor. And I think that's kind of what I like about our podcast is you never know what background noises that you're going to get. And we might sound a little bit different because we're in the basement of our New Jersey home now. And we're here for the week and then we'll be flying back to Florida because Jamie and I are really looking for a forever home and, and we found a couple places in New Jersey that are on the water. And so we had a chance to meet up with a builder who has a couple plots of land, which the houses that are there are absolutely beautiful and it's everything that we would ever want. And because the market is what it is, we figure we may be able to sell our house and get something that we see ourselves living in for the rest of our lives. So that's kind of why we're here. We have a chance to meet with the builder and take a look at the land and ask him a lot of questions because Jamie and I really love the idea of being able to kind of collaborate with the builder and his son is the architect. So it's going to be an exciting day, also a nerve wracking day. And we'll see. I mean, the goal of us coming home was to meet with him, find something that we love, find an area that we love. And we seem to hone in on a certain area and it's close to family and everything. So we're really excited to be here for this week. And then we're going to head back. I never realized how much I missed this house. And I mean, this is the longest that we've been away from our New Jersey home since January. So January, February, March, April, May. So about five months, which is kind of nutty. 
you know, because for anybody that's just tuning in or hasn't been following us, we had purchased a second home down in Sarasota, Florida, and have been spending most of the COVID time down there. And we decided that we are going to kind of split time between New Jersey and Florida as we're looking for a forever home. But as we look, you know, we wanted to put our New Jersey house up for sale, but it just wasn't ready and we weren't ready to start showing it. And by that time we had gone down to Florida, had a baby and just everything was crazy. So now that he's a year old, we kind of have some time to settle in, see what we want to do here, which is a lot of fun, but I'm most excited. And what was really heartwarming to me was just being able to see and be around my family, even if they're not coming over, or even if they're not here, just knowing that if I make a phone call, like we can just meet somewhere and we can just go somewhere or go for a walk, which we haven't had in a really, really long time. Even by the time we left, you know, COVID was kicked in in almost full gear and it was winter out. So we really couldn't stroll outside or really do much outside. And now I feel like things are starting to loosen up a little bit. Jamie and I are both vaccinated. Most of my family is fully vaccinated as well. And so we were hoping to get everybody together. But Hendrix is sick and he picked his birthday party to do that, which is fine. I mean, you can't really predict that. But we spent probably two hours blowing up balloons and setting up decorations and ordering food for X amount of people and it turned out that there was like five people that were able to come aside from myself, Jamie and Jamie's sister and their two kids. But yeah, it was actually weird coming back into the house because you forget how you left it. And thankfully we had cleaned before we left, but I was looking around and I couldn't even recognize any of the toys and the things that Henley was starting to find and Hendrix was able to play with because we haven't been here since Christmas and we didn't bring their Christmas gifts with them to Florida. We kind of just had stuff there and figured that they can play with it when they got back, which is amazing to watch because thankfully they have all new toys that they're coming home to, which, you know, every time they open a drawer, every time they go upstairs, there's something new to play with, which is really, really awesome. But I'm just so happy to be in New Jersey. Florida is phenomenal, and we've been having such a great time in Florida. Henley is really loving her school there. She's made some friends, but there's just something about being home and around family and being within a driving distance to family, and it's just really, really nice. It feels like home coming back to New Jersey. I'm, I'm not sure how Jamie feels, but it really, really feels starting to like settle in, and I just miss this house so much. And it was also a little bit nostalgic because Hendrix wasn't able to play with any of the toys the last time he was here. I mean, he could barely roll over and roll back and forth. And now he's crawling. Now he's playing with things, picking things up. And he and Henley are really starting to get along. And Hendrix is not, I don't want to say he's a loner, but he doesn't like Henley picking him up. And Henley isn't really a cuddler with him anyway, but she is starting to step into a big sister role, which is amazing to watch. His birthday is on May 13th, so he turned one. And we knew we were going to make this trip to New Jersey. So we said, you know what? Let's make his party for the family on Sunday. We'll get everybody together. We'll have food. Nobody's seen each other. I've been in the same area in a really long time. So it would be nice to go see him. And plus, we really did feel bad because the time and effort we put in for Henley's first birthday and now with Hendrix's first birthday, it's almost like night and day. I do feel bad, but thankfully, 
we didn't go overboard and over the top for Hendrix's birthday because last night at two in the morning, Hendrix feels like a fireball and he is just cranky like you wouldn't believe. And he doesn't really fuss for that long of a time. I mean, it's a new area, but we do put him in the crib and he'll fuss for a little bit. But most of the time, if you put him on a boob, if you put a bottle in his mouth, especially at night, he'll fall asleep kind of with it in his mouth. And this time it was just, he was so uncomfortable. He was just rolling back and forth. We took his temperature and it was 102.9, which is fever-ish. Well, I mean, it's a legit fever. So we finally got him down, finally got him in his bed. I want to say it was probably like four o'clock in the morning by the time like we really got him down. And he slept until 8 a.m., which was really nice because it kind of gave us a couple hours of sleep at least. But when he woke up this morning, again, super flushed. And when you picked him up, he was just on fire. And Jamie took his temperature and it was 104.7, which is bad. Like that, in my mind, that's bad. Really, really bad. So yeah, so just in time for his birthday party. And it was really early in the morning, so we gave him some Tylenol. I went out and got some Motrin for him. But his fever did go down to 99. It's starting to come back now. But Hendrick's first 12-month visit to the doctor got four shots, whatever they were, four vaccines or whatever. And they said this would happen. And, you know, this was three days ago. I didn't think that, you know, you can catch a fever. But the doctor said you can catch a fever or have a reaction to the shots up to 10 days. So hopefully that's it. But we did have plans on having my brother and sister come with their kids and Jamie's sister and their two kids actually came down. They came down on Sunday and spent the night for the couple nights because we haven't seen Jamie, who was a newborn. And Natalie, their daughter, is about the same age as Henley. So they were really looking forward to seeing each other and playing and they're right around the same age. And it's so funny because we took so many pictures of them. Like every month was a big deal. Maybe it's just a girl thing, but Hendrix, I mean, we still do the monthly pictures, but you know, they're not as much of a theatric as it was with Henley. But yeah, so once we announced to my family that that Hendrix has a 104.7 fever, my brother and sister both backed out. So that's four kids and four adults and pretty much the whole party and the whole family. But my mom and dad were able to come. We saw them for the past couple nights and it was just nice getting everybody together. Hendrix is starting to feel a little bit better now, but certainly not true to his form. And needless to say, it was a laid back and low key first birthday party for Hendrix, but it's not like he's going to remember it anyway. We got a couple nice pictures. He had some cupcake and it looked like he was having a good time. And thankfully the weather was nice. So we were able to be outside for most of the time. All right. So now that you've gotten an update on the Hainers, it's time to bring on Dr. Lyons. All right. I am so pumped because Dr. Gertrude Lyons, she's the woman who is rewriting the mother code and she is our guest today. So she's been helping women heal the mother wound. Dr. Gertrude Lyons is a master life coach and relationship expert with over 20 years of experience. Through her rewriting the mother code initiative, which challenges the traditional notions of motherhood and womanhood, Dr. Lyons has become a national mothering revolutionary. Through her work, Dr. Lyons challenges the myths surrounding womanhood, mothering, and challenges the very notion 
definition of what it means to be a mother. It's her belief that all women have a mother code instilled in them, and the current model for mothering in our culture is broken. It's limited, constricting, and disempowering. She questions preconceived beliefs and leans into topics that will tap into the powerful femininity within all of us. She also hosts her own podcast, The Mother Podcast. And honestly, I'm really, really excited to have you on because I obviously have, and maybe it's not obvious to everyone, but I've been a little bit transparent about my own issues with my own mother. And so I'm just pumped to chat with you in a super like not formal way, but just here on our podcast, we're so not formal if if you haven't caught on. But honestly, I feel like there are a lot of people, not even just women, who really need to hear a lot more about what you have to say. So thank you so much for being here today and welcome. Thank you. I'm super grateful to be here and so excited. Your podcast is amazing. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. So I wanted to get right to the nuts and bolts of this. And I would love for you to explain in your own words, what rewriting the mother code is all about and like what you are all about, what your mission is. Well, the whole like do that in 30 seconds, right? Right. No, no, no. please take um, your time because- Yeah. No, you started off, and thank you for that beautiful introduction. But yeah, rewriting the mother code has definitely been a personal journey and one that I've embarked on kind of through my mother. And I have two daughters that are now 22 and 24. So this isn't about looking at like I have the code because I raise kids. It's more, wow, I saw and continue to see huge possibilities in the transformational opportunity in mothering. And I also know that it's really challenging to parent in general, but then to take advantage of this treasure trove of our own personal growth and development and transformation as mothers along with that seems like a pretty tall order, but it's something that I have found when I've done it really fulfilling, meaningful, and added a layer to myself personally and mothering myself. And it's something that I'm really passionate about wanting to open up the space for, raise awareness, you know, particularly for women in motherhood. But then also a big part of rewriting the mother code is expanding the definition of mothering and really opening the space that we all mother. And yes, we may choose to mother children, but we also mother careers, relationships, ideas, dreams, and the most overlooked person that we need to mother or aspect is ourselves. And so what does that then look like? And how does that, um, you know, make all of those other aspects of where we are mothering, you know, more meaningful, but also more impactful. So those are, you know, kind of the essence, I guess, of what rewriting the mother code is about. Yeah, and I love even on your website how it says being a mother is an attitude, not a biological relation. Um, And I'm just in awe by mothers. Just after seeing what my wife has done, now having kids and really having a newfound respect for my mother. But I was curious, something that you had mentioned, what does it mean to mother yourself? Right. So, you know, (laughs) this has certainly become a more, I don't know, like out there Um, at least being discussed and noticed uh, in this past year with the pandemic, right? When women and mothers have been under so much direct and additional stress. So, you know, I can start with like what it's not. (laughs) It's, It's not, as one article put it, an hour alone in Target, right? Right. Um, 
it's not those what we consider stolen moments. And it is everything from our basic self-care, you know, that even gets dropped, right? It's, yes, we need to, you know, shower, eat well, exercise, do, you know, see how and where we can do all those things. But I'm really wanting to support women in the aspect more so around their emotional self-care and, mm-hmm. you know, taking care of themselves on the inside one, because that's healthier and, and it's good for us, but two, it allows us to be more present. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's in that presence that we can then actually be nourished by the mothering and caregiving and the outreach that we're doing. And, you know, that takes work, right? It doesn't, yeah. I can't just say, oh, I'm going to be more mindful or present. Another aspect, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, looking at our own mothering, how were we wired, you know, around mothering and, our culture is very much wired that mothering is a selfless act and something yes. where, you know, we're supposed to put ourselves down the list mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, who's being taken care of. And yes, it's an aspect of the oxygen mask on first, but I think there's areas, you know, in that arena that aren't as talked about as far as our emotional self-care and our awareness of our internal landscape and kind of what's going on all in there unconsciously, right? Yeah. It's driving us and leading to a lot of stress. But once we can dive into those waters and uncover that, you know, the more nourishment, meaning and power we have. Okay. So there's so much that I want to kind of dive into from that. And forgive me if I take this as like my own little therapy sesh, because I feel feel like I need it. Let me just like talk about, you know, the academics of it. Yeah. That's like most of our podcast interviews. It's our own personal therapy session. But no, so in all seriousness, there's so much about that that I wanted to ask you about. There's two that come to the top of my mind. The first is I love how you're saying, well, first of all, you know, you're a better mom if you put yourself last. Like if you do all the things for your kids and spend all your money on your kids, then that makes you a great mom. When in reality, that's just kind of how our culture, I guess, looks at women and praises women for being the best mom. And it has kind of changed a little bit talking about that face mask on the airplane. You got to like give yourself air so that you can help others first. So I see what you're saying there, but I love how you take it so much further. And you're like, it's far more than spending an hour alone at Target because you're a mom and you deserve it or taking a long bubble bath because you deserve it. It's literally like being present and mindful is something that I have recently discovered is obviously so important to help with, you know, anxiety, mental health, just your overall well-being. So then you can be a better mom, of course. But also like, what about you? And I love how you say mothering yourself. And honestly, Dr. Gertrude, I truly want to learn how to do that because I want obviously to be the best mom I can be. And I feel like this past year, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this. We are in a pandemic where we've been under quarantine and all the things. But this past year was the most difficult year of my life. I mean, I have never ever considered suicide since I was a teenager. And there were multiple times that I, and I knew that it was irrational of me. At least it felt like irrational. And I knew that it's not what I really wanted to do. But I was like, if I could just die for like a day or two, just to get a freaking break and like catch my breath and then come back. Like, that's what I I don't want to miss my kid's life. I love being a mom, but I just Uh felt so, just so over 
stressed and overworked and like misunderstood and, and just, I don't know, like depleted, I guess. And I'm starting to feel a little bit better. I have like two therapists and I've been taking medication. You know, I'm literally trying to figure out everything that you're talking about. I'm not even kidding. And so I'm telling you when I say that I'm so happy that you're here, I genuinely truly am. And I feel Uh like I need your help. So (laughs) that leads me to the question though, you were saying that it's more than, I can't even figure out how to get a bubble bath though. I'm not even, and it's not even, like I can't even figure out how, I don't know how to like to mother myself, to put myself, I guess, first and not in a way that like my kids come second, but like, I don't even know how, like how the heck do we do this as women? You know, first of all, if we all had the magic answer to that, there's no like one way, but there are ways, you know, and I think that's hopeful, right? Now, I'll preface this by saying our culture is also very much into like the 10 easy steps and, you know, you can be mindful and take care of yourself in, you know, six weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So I know you know better, but Mm -hmm. our culture wants us to believe that some of these things can But if we take a step back in this perspective, it it sounds like you're starting to dig into, you know, the whole reason we want to look at our past and look at how we were wired, we're wired with a lot of mistaken beliefs and we're wired with a lot of reasons. And when you said that, like, how do I even get time for a bubble bath? It's, I might be wired that it's not okay to ask for help. I might have this core mistaken belief and we're wired with these beliefs about what we can expect from the world, how we think of ourselves, and what the world expects from us in the first six months to two years of life, right? Mm -hmm. Pre-verbally, even with the best of care, you know, how our little system is interpreting everything that's coming our way ingrains these beliefs. And that's a little sobering, but at the same time, what's really cool is we have this formation and then adulthood, if we think about it, is there for our transformation to unpack all that and to look at like what beliefs, like I really might have this core belief that I don't matter mm-hmm. or, you know, I don't exist or I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just asking, you know, my spouse or, you know, my kids, if they're older for help, right. Or, to take the time, like I worked with a mom not long ago, like just the thought of her, you know, asking her husband to take time on, you know, Saturday to go do yoga just was, mm-hmm. you know, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but terrifying. Yeah, no, right? I and, totally hear that, it. You know, and that's a deeper belief, right? Because of course, our rational adult mind could say like, what? Like, that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Why should I have a hard time, you know, asking my spouse who cares about me and loves me to do that? Well, you know, that's a question to be curious about and unpack, right? So when we find ourselves up against that block, we need to look more beyond, you know, our time management or, you know, like some, some of the things. And of course, we'll look there to our planning, you know, all of those things, but we can have the best plans. We can, you know, have all these like very adult rational ideas of it, but when it comes down to it, until I'm fostering the sense of belief. So then how do I do that, right? So Mm -hmm. actually, before we get to that, I do want to give a quick shout out to a couple of our sponsors and one being Talkspace. And Jamie and I, obviously with the guests that we've had on, but I've never been ones to shy away from therapy and personal psychiatry and couples therapy. We've been very open and honest about that. And that's why we love Talkspace. Now, Mental Health Awareness Month is May, but it should be an all year round thing. I mean, think about just being happy all year round or being able to cope. I mean, there's no question that 2020 was probably the most emotionally and probably physically draining types of year. 
but there are positives on the horizon. Your relationships, your work, just your overall well-being and mental health, these are things that you should not take lightly. So you can actually hop on Talkspace.com. You can take a quick questionnaire. They'll match you with the perfect therapist for whatever type of treatment that you need. I mean, they have over 40 specialties, depression, anxiety, trauma, substance abuse, couples counseling. Talkspace makes it super affordable, so it's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy instead of waiting for an appointment or leaving your house. These therapists will engage with you 24-7, five days a week. You can talk, you can text, you can do voice memos. So if this was something that you were thinking about, or maybe you just need a little boost or positive affirmations, definitely check out Talkspace. You can go to Talkspace.com and use the code Jamie and you'll get $100 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com. Use the code Jamie to get $100 off your first month. Go to Talkspace.com, match with a licensed therapist today, use the code Jamie, get $100 off your first month. Now, this next sponsor is speaking to parents. And if you are parents of kids anywhere between the age of 6 to 18, you got to check out GoHenry. So GoHenry is a debit card for kids and an app for parents. So this is the easiest way for you and your child to help manage money. I was terrible at managing money. I didn't know the value of a dollar. I didn't really know anything, which is why I accumulated a lot of debt. Now, GoHenry has a simple-to-use app that allows you to control spending. You can decide what stores your kid wants to make a purchase at. You can set up different goals or tasks or set up chores, and you can easily in real time make money transfers. But what I love most about GoHenry is it helps make financial education, building financial literacy so much easier and actually fun for parents. I mean, Having your kids learn the value of money and being financially independent is amazingly useful, helpful, and it will save a lot of heartache and headache for your kids later on. So with GoHenry, kids can use their cards to make purchases online. They can use it as an ATM. You can track their spending in real time. You can set up savings goals. You can set up allowances. And for parents, it's easy for you to track and manage everything. You can set boundaries. It's really easier than handling cash for sure. I mean, you could set spending limits. You control where the card can be used, what stores, ATM. I mean, real-time notification to know where and how much your kid is spending. And GoHenry was founded by parents and it has amazing reviews on the App Store, Google Play, Trustpilot. So get started at GoHenry.com and you get one month free with your promo code HMCP. So that's GoHenry.com, G-O-H-E-N-R-Y.com, promo code HMCP, GoHenry.com, HMCP for your first month free. And last but certainly not least, Graflance. Now, I talked about Graflance last episode with their New York Times approved face mask. Now, they sent us a bunch of their merino wool felt pieces. And honestly, I didn't realize how many times a week I use coasters, whether it's for drinks, whether it's for pots on the table. Now that I'm a stay-at-home dad, I've been doing a lot of cooking and just, I've been using these merino wool felt pieces to put the hot pots on for the table and also for all of our drinks around. Now, not only are they stylish, but they are amazingly durable. 
And the merino wool felt is grown year-round from merino wool sheep. And every year, these Australian sheep, they produce a new fleece, so 100% renewable. It is stain and water resistant, but most important, it is ultra lightweight, heat resistant, and it also protects surfaces from hot pots. It's all natural, non-toxic. It's actually really soft and it looks luxurious. And I just love it. Again, I never realized how much I used coasters and how many times I've used towels just to put on the kitchen tables because of the hot pot. Now I don't have to worry about it because this not only is heat resistant, but it protects the surfaces that it's on. And you can't go wrong with water resistant and stain resistant. So check out Graft Lance. You can check out their other sustainable home goods as well as their New York Times approved masks. When you go to Graft Lance, you can use the code marriage 20 which you get 20% off, which is an exclusive discount available till May 30th. So definitely check out Graf Lance. That's G-R-A-F-L-A-N-T-Z.com. Use the code MARRIAGE20 for 20% off. Again, this is an exclusive discount. It's available until May 30th. GrafLance.com. Use the code MARRIAGE20. And that's enough from me, enough from our sponsors for this week. And let's get back to the interview. All right, let's get right back to it. You know, you're embarking on therapy. That's going to help you uncover some of this wiring. And then in coaching, probably, you know, added into that, what we work on is creating a vision for yourself. And then out of that vision, you know, naming what are these mistaken beliefs, naming these things, and then having assignments to help us practice new behavior. So, you know, we have ongoing and in-depth programs, all of which consist of an assignment somewhere along the way to ask for things, right, to identify our deeper yearnings, to identify our wants, our hungers, and make distinctions between those, and then look at the blocks that are in the way, but then practice it, right? And just like we would want to develop other muscles that we haven't paid attention to. And then the other aspect that's a key part of it, and then I'd love to hear how you're hearing this, is, you know, our emotions, right? And this is starting to shift also. Like you said, you know, there's social, emotional, and intelligence type curriculums that are coming into being but the other thing is like how are we supposed to you know understand that we want to teach our kids social emotional intelligence if we don't know how to do that Mm -hmm. right so embarking on our own journey with acknowledging the importance of our facility our awareness our expression of responsible emotions Mm -hmm. is I think one of the like biggest misunderstood and still kind of taboo in some arenas in the whole arena of taking care of ourselves that it's kind of critical mm-hmm. <laughs> mission critical that we embark on i know i just said a bunch of things so yeah. yeah go ahead please well to be very very honest i kind of got sucked away in your statement about like how from i think you said two months to five years is when our brains develop is that what you said Well, what I said was, uh, you're actually correct that from the time we're born to age six is the most time that our brains are developing, right? Uh But what I said was a little bit different, like in that brain development, it's the aspect of our emotional development and kind of our personality, so to speak, development is also happening. So it's actually the first six months to two years before we have language that just a lot of like the simple ways that we're receiving care, we're Mm -hmm. also receiving messages like, Mm -hmm. are my needs going to get met? You know, how tense is my caregiver as Mm -hmm. she's or he is imparting, you know, their affection, like all of that, like our wiring interprets in a whole range of ways. 
But wherever there's gaps in that, we're going to interpret it there that, you know, we're supposed to be a certain way or I have to limit myself. Oh, my parents, they only give me attention when I'm happy. So Mm. I'm just going to be happy and none of my Mm. other emotions matter. So things like that are wired in, you know, pre-verbally and then they're reinforced through the rest of our upbringing. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like I could cry and I don't, (laughs) forgive me, but it's just that. I just think about my own children and I'm not even thinking about myself, but I just think about, uh, like if I'm, uh, if I'm doing a, a good enough job with my own children, like I just feel like this last year I've been so busy and like, you know, I nurse Hendrix exclusively. And so a lot of times, you know, I mean, I'm still working, like I filmed two different TV shows, obviously the, like all the things are still happening. And, and like, I have an immense amount of guilt that like, I feel like I need to obviously continue working to, you know, to like provide for our family. But I also have this immense amount of guilt that every time, you know, my, I also wanted to make sure that I, of course, like nursed Hendrix, if I could, I had this, you know, an amazing Uh milk supply. So I was so fortunate and thankful. And I was like, if I have a milk supply, I'm going to nurse my son. And I did, but it's like every time, oh, I just like have this like really bad guilt that like every time, oh man, I'm sorry. But like every time. Like I just don't feel have like, to be sorry. This is such a normal response. But go ahead, finish what you were saying. I'll and I'll share something. It's just that every time, I mean, I would be like, okay, give him to me so I can nurse him, and then I would nurse him. But I would be like so not present nursing him, you know, because I was trying to get other work done, and so then I would, you know, I would nurse him and then hand him off to so that I could just go get my work done. And it's like I just I'm I, I guess because it's like his birthday week and I'm I just worry that the whole first year of his life I just have been so sidetracked and just so and then not even just him but even Gracie like I don't know and so I just feel like I can't even get this time back to try to like really make sure I oh, that they know you know all the but anyways like I'm gonna ask you a question oh, so you man. just you said you started a couple tv shows and like they're so busy right yeah do you love what you're doing I mean, do you enjoy it? Do is it? Do you find meaning in it? Not, not to be very, very honest, not all of it. Honestly, the only thing, like true, and I know every mom says this, but like truly, the only thing that would make me, you know, happiest in life is to make sure that my kids are. I mean, of course, they have their basic needs met, but like, I really want to go one step further. Like, I don't want my daughter to ever grow up contemplating suicide or my son for that matter. I don't, I mean, there's so many things I want to protect them from that I've had to, you know, struggle with myself. And I worry that I'm not doing that for them. And I know that like right now is like the most crucial time. And so what am I, what am I doing? Like, what does, you know, I don't know. That's, I guess. No, well, first of all, um, I want to acknowledge a couple things. Like one, just the fact that you're asking these questions and are in this and you've both of you, it sounds like, you know, use your podcast for support and you're getting support from a therapist. You are modeling for your kids and you're holding, you know, you're putting together a career. Now we can talk about you getting more meaning out of that and having a vision. So that's infused and you, you know, from my perspective, like over here, first of all, there's no way you're going to do it perfectly. And you aren't, you can't and won't provide every ounce of you know, what we're talking about and what I was talking about earlier is an ideal, but we have to step back and look at like, oh, so what are these things that I am doing? And the fact that, you know, even that I feel this guilt is an act of caring. And, you know, there's a ton of grace, so much more grace than we realize. 
And then I am also going to share some ways that you can kind of even like have it be different starting from now. But some of it has to start with us, you know, acknowledging like if I were to step back and look at like the model I'm being for my kids, there's a lot of, and I just, I'm meeting you for the first time and I can already tell there's a ton of things you're doing that are intangible yet reflect an extremely caring mom. And I'm going to say dad too, because I'm sure you guys are in this sounds very partnered in this together but the having the guilt and kind of stopping there we're gonna have it you know we're always gonna feel kind of split right like when I'm doing this I feel like I should be when I'm with my kids I should be working on something and we're trying to so there are ways we can balance that a little bit better but is it okay if I offer like one kind of immediate sure yeah way that for you to like kind of reconsider this as you were as you were talking about like you know, just as you were saying, you know, there's nothing that means more to me or I want, you know, what I don't want for my kids, but what I do want, it sounded like was for them to feel, you know, loved, cared about, you know, that they mean the world to me. And I'm sure if they could articulate it, there'd be a, a big yes in that, but that you feel that same way towards yourself, right? And I think this is where we get, when we look at the mothering ourselves aspect, like, Anything that I'm saying I want for my kids, I need to be asking the same thing and providing the same thing for me. And I can do that simultaneously, right? So when I'm taking time or I am, you know, giving my kids some affection or some, you know, concentrated time with them, you can put little you next to them because there are a lot of gaps in your upbringing. And the more those are identified, the more you can give them to you in parallel to when you're giving them to your kids. Then we're not these moms who are like, well, I didn't have it, but I'm going to give it all to my kids. And then we're kind of left, you know, depleted and still didn't get it ourselves. Right. But I think it's a super cool thing. We can grow up with our children is what I'm saying. And we can give ourselves Mm -hmm. the same things that we know our kids need and that we're giving to them. You know, what's interesting about that is that just thinking about my childhood, obviously, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's obvious, but I always say obviously, but it was a rough childhood, you know, but I would like yeah. to think that I guess it's clear probably that I haven't really healed from it. Um, and I think that I have been like almost begging my husband, Doug, to do those basic needs, I guess, that I needed as a, as a child, because like all I ever really want from him is to like bring me water without asking and like make me food. You know, like I was like, if you could make dinner every night and have it on the table, like these were things I longed for as a child, really. And, um, you know, and he does, I mean, he's great, but like, I feel like I only just now kind of realize that, I guess. Um, cause essentially like everything that I ask for my husband, I guess is like literally like maybe like mommy and daddy problems because, sure. because in, but like, when you can identify that, when you do ask it of him and he gives them to you, that's rewiring the belief, right? So being aware of that, then asking for it, and then him doing it either when you ask for it or just out of the blue or without asking, your mindfulness of that, you know, in and that appreciation, it's like, oh, you know, I do matter. You know, someone just gave me this and you'll then actually benefit that much more from it because you're conscious and aware of it. Yeah. I honestly wasn't really that conscious. I don't think either one of us were. I was just like, I usually feel like I necessarily deserve that. Like, I mean, who really deserves someone to get them a water? But I was like, I'm nursing. So please like bring me water without me asking. That would mean so much to me. But like, you know, one thing that I kind of want to talk about, because like, I don't think it's fair of me to 
ask or expect my husband to, you know, help me from all these wounds that I have from like when I was a little girl. And so I love the thought of like just me doing it. Like I want to raise my children to know that like they are strong and capable without, you know, of course they always have their mommy and daddy, but like they can do it. Like they are going to be able to overcome it. And honestly, I feel like I mean, to be very, very transparent, I often tell Doug that I feel like I have no one in my life and not even him. Like, I just feel like I have no one in my life who really loves me and cares for me without needing something from me in return, you know, other than my kids. And of course, like, that's why I want to have so many kids is because I feel like that's the only people in my life who will always love me regardless and who you know, I just, I don't know that I can just count on, which sounds so codependent. I'm fully aware of this. Like I, you know, I know that that's not healthy for my children. It's not fair for my children. So I try to be super aware of it, but I often say to Doug, like, I don't feel like there's anybody really, and I don't mean it to be mean to him, but I don't even feel like he loves me, you know, regardless. And and maybe it really stems from me not loving me regardless. I don't know. But one thing I do know is that if I was my daughter, the advice that I would give her would be to find it all within yourself because you can never count on anybody else, you know? And I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's how I feel. But on the other hand, my love is undeniable for my wife. And no matter how many times I could say it, no matter how many things that I could do for her, everything with a happy heart, you know, for whatever reason, that part of it just isn't fully believed. And that yeah. that I kind of don't get because I feel like I'm giving my entire soul and I would take the shirt off my back. I would give my life for this woman. And sometimes I just don't know what it is that I could do to fully put that into her brain. But also too, it's, you don't have to go through this by yourself. You don't have to be independent. You have a team, you know, we're a core and you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to climb or you don't have to battle, you know, I'm happy to go through the trenches with you. And I've always been. That's beautiful. Doug, what are you hearing? Honestly, like, I don't even know. Like, sometimes I'm like, obviously I hear him and he says like everything right. No, but, but literally like, just repeat back. What are you hearing? That he... Say, say what you heard. Um, That he would take off his shirt for me and that I don't have that, to go that, through it alone. Yes, that, that, Sorry, I'm just going to have your word a little different. That you would take your shirt off your back, so say it. That you would take the shirt off your back for me and that I don't have to go through it alone. And you love me with your whole heart. Are you looking at him? <laughs> She's looking at my shoe. <laughs> yeah. See if you can look in his eyes right now. <laughs> and then say it again or something? Yeah, or ask him to say it. Either way, you say it to him or just... Maybe, Doug, say a a couple more of the lines and Mm -hmm. if you can keep eye contact with him. Yeah. I have unchangeable, undeniable love for you. And I always have been. And no matter how alone you feel, it's just simply not true. Because I would do everything for you and I do everything for you. I'm your teammate. I'm your partner. And any of these battles, any climb that you have, you're not alone. You're not. I'm here with you and I've always been your teammate. I have your back. I know you have mine. And I just, I really wish that you would let go some of the fight for not being independent because you don't have to be. I'm here for you and I would, I would die for you. There's nothing that means more to me in this world than you and the kids. So Jamie, just breathe and take that in. 
keep looking at them. I'm sure there's like voices in your mind that are negating, refuting, and just notice those and see if you can just kind of chew them away and keep taking in the, the his words, but even more so just him being with you right now and what's going on. <laughs> yeah, we're just looking at each other, but. Okay, good. Honestly. Notice, even if you can notice, like, so how did that feel in your body? What did you notice in your body as Doug was sharing all that and then you were just quietly being with each other? I mean, honestly, I think it's just because of some things that we've had, like, that we've gone through in the past that, like, and maybe it's my own, but I don't know what it is, to be very honest. I'm not even going to try to identify it, but, like, I have a really hard time trusting that everything he's saying is true. I've caught him in, you know, lies before and, you know, just... Yep, so all of that... That's all going to be there. This is, you know, kind of the in the moment practice, right? Of like noticing those and choosing to trust that in this moment, what he's saying is true and know that that's a choice. And there may be historical things, but do I get a sense right in this moment that he's genuine and with me right now? Yeah. Yeah. And I can't see the two of you, but it felt pretty heartfelt. Uh, and sometimes the combination of, you know, tough times or, you know, breaches and trust or communication. And then from our history of not having, you know, this kind of direct care and love, you know, imparted on you, we're, our system's going to try and we might know it's good and wonderful. It's still kind of foreign and new and we have to open up space and kind of work to let it in. And, you know, it's doable and it seems like it should be easy, but as you can see, this can sometimes be just the things that are in the way of just receiving those moments of nourishment that we need so much and that you really are yearning for. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much. That was obviously not anticipated, but I feel like, yeah, <laughs> it's almost embarrassing. I just want you to know that I'm here to fill the gaps for you. I'm here for you. I'm not going anywhere. You're not in this alone. You're not in anything alone. Even when you wipe your nose on our daughter's shorts. <laughs> you're not alone. Oh, man. Well, that was... Just breathe and take that piece in. I can't change the mistrust and the mistakes that I've made in the past. And, you know, people make mistakes, but they shouldn't be defined by them. You know, the actions that are leading up to the present have to mean something. They have to. The good far outweighs the bad. And the bad I've accounted for, really. I shouldn't be defined by mistakes. I don't even know what to say because obviously I love you with my whole heart and I want to trust you with my whole heart. But trust has always been very, very difficult for me. And so when you have done a few things over the course of seven years that we've been married, that have kind of like, I would start to trust you and then you would take it and then I would start to trust you again and then you would take it or like, I guess, betray it. It just makes it so hard for me to try to just like wholeheartedly dive back in again and trust again. It does. It makes it really hard. And so then I put walls up and it's hard for me to be intimate and love on you and whatnot because then I just am scared to death of being hurt. I don't want to hurt you. I want to be with you forever. I do. And I'm not going anywhere. Well, thank you. And I don't think you want to hurt me. And I don't think you want to, I don't think you necessarily do anything on purpose to hurt anybody. You know, that's not who you are, but you know, things that you have done 
have hurt me significantly in the past. And I know that you don't necessarily, it's not like you did it to hurt me per se. And so then it leaves me feeling like I have to be careful and put my guards up because otherwise I'm going to get hurt. Whether you mean it, obviously, I don't even think that you do it on purpose. That's not who you are. Obviously, I wouldn't be with you if I thought that. But does it have to be so black and white? Well, hopefully that helped some people. I always feel like honesty and being open and transparent is always helpful and can sometimes help people. At least that's the feedback that we get. That's why we love your reviews. This was a honest and real talk, and I think that the world would be a better place if we all started to just be open, honest, and real talk. And that's something that I really struggled with for a really long time, especially with my previous relationships before Jamie was just my level of communication and just not being open or just pretending like everything was okay and I can get over anything. And I still have that positive attitude and positive outlook, but sometimes not sharing enough leaves a lot open to interpretation. And that's something that Jamie and I are certainly working on. So hopefully you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for next week where we have another great episode coming to you. And enjoy the rest of your day wherever you're listening to this. If you want to reach out to us, you can on social media, on Instagram, it's Jamie and Otis or at Doug Hainer, or you can go to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, our Instagram page. We will see you next week. We love you and goodbye.